Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're casting an eye on the upcoming world champs in the company of none other than Steve Cram. The Jarrow Arrow. The Jarrow Arrow, a bona fide legend of athletics, no less. Absolutely, like, top tier uh, national treasure. To, to steal a phrase from a very other popular food-based podcast, who uh, National Treasure, Na- National Treasure, Treasure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, and it's a great chat. Steve's ever the professional, and it's just, it's like, it's like dipping the bucket into an enormous well of knowledge. <laughs> when you ask and, him anything about it, it's just, it's fantastic. And I mean, so so passionate about it still, right? So that's what that's what you want. I'm a bit like he still loves athletics, and it really comes across, which is what you want. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it gets me. I'm excited now. I was excited before, but now, like, you have a little chat with Steve, and, and oh, for sure, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, you, yeah. you feel much more sort of buoyed up by what's coming and, and the weekend and, and how everyone can tune in. So, yeah, I mean, without further ado, I think we should just talk to Steve Cram. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete so Steve, welcome to the Runners World Podcast. Great to have you on. It's great to have a bona fide legend of uh, of track and field with us. So thank you for your time. Um, with the uh, World Champs coming up, how do you think these will go for Team GB? Who we, who are we looking out for? Who are some of the stars that people should be uh, aware of? Yeah, it isn't going to be easy. Um, you know, it's the year before the Olympics, but we've had this weird period where we got out of sync. And, and obviously last year we had a world champs as well, which actually went better than I thought many thought they would. We, we did get Jake winning his gold medal, which was brilliant. And we, we, we did, I think, better than most expected. I think this time round, it's going to be as tough. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll pick up, I hope, five or six if it goes really well. Um, getting a gold medal looks a bit of a challenge. Um, but I think there are people, obviously people like Keeley, Zanel Hughes. I mean, Dina's starting to run well again. We always have a chance of two four by ones. The lads in the fifteen hundred are, are, are there thereabouts. You know that that's a, a race where you, anybody could pick up a medal, perhaps. Um, and, th- and then there is always one or two other kind of surprises and things that, that tend to you know you, you, maybe you don't see them coming, but. Um, uh, KJT in the, in the heptathlon as well. So, you know, we've got some of our established stars who are right in the mix, Laura Muir. Um, you know, so, so there, there are, I don't know, you could probably make a case for eight or nine chances and hope you convert five or six with a bit of luck. 
It's been a pretty promising season so far. Though. I mean, like Keeley's, we talked about Keeley's performance in Paris recently. That was like an emphatic yeah. victory. Um, and I sort of, you know, I think that lots of people are running quite well. So I've got, I've got pretty good hopes. I'm just going to put it, I'm pretty confident. But um, um, <laughs> it is, it is, do you think that, do you think that we're currently in a sort of like a peak of, of sort of British talent coming through? Is it at peaks and troughs? How, how do you think the system's working out at the moment? I think, yeah, I, th- I think there's always, you know, in any period, there's always new people coming through. You, you've got some of your people have been around a, a quite a long time. Others who've, you know, now perhaps are not going to be in the mix anymore. I, you know, you always have that situation. I mean, I think, I think, you know, there are some areas where we should be doing better. You know, I know there's been some, a lot of talk around the team that's been selected and the size of the team, but, but, basically that size because people haven't made the qualifying marks you know the qualifying marks particularly in the field events uh we've we've perhaps struggled to find you know the men's event long jumpers triple jumpers uh, javelin throwers so there are some areas where we we are it's not that we're missing a bunch of people we don't have even anybody you know we don't even have one or two people who are, who are hitting the mark there. So that's probably a bit of concern. I think generally speaking though, that we, we are doing what we always do. We've got people coming through um, in, you only have to look at our performances at the, the recent European under twenties. Um, you know, the, there are athletes bubbling under the surface of those who are currently around right now, who may think they've got an outside chance to get the Olympics next year, or perhaps, you know, the world's in two years time. So I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a lot going on. We've got some great, you know, my area, middle distance has been great for a, for a while, continues to be so on the men's and the women's side. So, um, so no, I think all in all, probably, you know, we're missing, you know, the Mo Farah thing, you know, Mo, Mo, Mo goes and then five and 10,000, we suddenly look bereft of doing that. Ailish is obviously injured and, you know, she's done brilliantly in, in the last um, year or two, but, um, so yeah, there are gaps, hundred percent. But but you know that somebody's probably going to come through and 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 you know fill that gap. But at the moment, I think it's winning the gold medals that, that looks tough. I think we, as I said, we'll pick up some medals. But you want who are the people who are going to go and, and and win gold medals this year, next year? Steve, as someone who's triumphed at a world champs, what what do you think is the key to getting the most out of yourself on the biggest of stages? And maybe that could even apply to people who. Are never going to run at the world champs, but are going to have big races that you know are important to them. Well, I think you know one of the issues I often had, and I, you know, as a coach, I, I tried to put this into place because it was what I had. I, th- I think you genuinely have to plan your season, and it's 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 a, it's a challenge these days for people because um, you know they, a lot of them aren't really making much of a living, and opportunities to go and pick up races whether it's diamond league or continental tour or, or levels below that where you think oh i've got a chance to go and run here or there or compete there and it, it wasn't in the plan initially but you think i'll go and do it you have to you have to really focus on you if it's the worlds or the europeans or the or the or the junior championships or whatever it is has to be your goal for the season um you can have a bit of fun afterwards but you have to put that in what do i have to do to get there um, you know, how do I get selected? Do I have to be at the trials? What do I have to do at the trials? And those become the pillars of what the rest of your season should be built around. Do I do an indoor season or do I do a cross-country season? Or do I... So you work back from that goal. 
And I think if you speak to all of the coaches, their job is to get their athlete physically um, as, as well prepared at the right time, the middle of August, or is it the end of July, or is it the end of August, or whatever it might be. <clears throat> but then it's about the athlete having to you know, accept if you're in good shape, you're in good shape, or maybe you're just not quite in good shape, but can you go and raise your game? You know, can you go to the championships and produce the best performance? Not something you did back in May that nobody's going to remember. You know, I, I always get frustrated for athletes whose season's best was done in the first three meetings of the year. And you know, what's the point in that? You know, so it's nice that everyone wants to do a, a season's best or a personal best, but do it when it matters. That that's that's it's a skill, but it happens in all sport: golfers, tennis players. You know, the, when it matters, can you produce the best shot? You know, it, we've had a great summer of cricket. I'm a big cricket fan. You know, the, the big guys produce the big the big moments. You know, on on, on the right stage. So, and, and that's why. You know, the, the top people, whether it's Mondo Duplantis or Noah Lyles or, or Carson Varholm, or, you know, they thrive on being on stage. They thrive on that environment. And, and that's what you're looking for. You mentioned the, the, the slightly tricky cycle that we've got in at the moment following Tokyo and, and World Champs last year. And now these are how important are these events like the, the World Champs this year? Do you think it's a proving ground for Paris? And do you think that it's actually going to be a sort of slight conflict of interest in terms of this, this sort of how people build up for the world champs and then sort of carry on and through. Well, again, I think you, you know, there are one or two people um, who kind of are saying they're getting ready for Paris and, and maybe, you know, didn't want to take any risks here. Um, um, Sydney, for instance, or, you know, Kip Lemos just had a, a getting his Achilles, sorry, his hamstring. Others, that, who was that's just, who was reading, having an Achilles operation your people sometimes people go i don't want to run the risk of next year being put in jeopardy i'll be honest though i think most athletes once they're in this cycle now you go at the world championships and they will give it their all you know there's none of this oh i'm maybe afterwards they'll justify performances based on (laughs) well i was quite happy with that you know it's a great sign but i think when they're in the moment when they're there that you know that's what they're wrapped up in um yes but there will be athletes who come to these championships um, and will perform at a level that that they suddenly think I've got a chance next year. You know, I can. I'm I'm in the mix now. You know, and I've I've, I've done something. Maybe they finish fourth. Maybe they come third. Maybe they come sixth. But but it, it's they'll take it away and go right. I'm on that trajectory. That means that next year I can be really contending for medals. So, and I think that's always interesting watching out for those people, particularly a year before. You know, these champs that are a year before the Olympics. Do you think it's ever a case, Steve, for, for an athlete who would be better off prioritising something like the world or Europeans because possibly they're not going to win an Olympic medal? A little bit like, you know, how a team in, in football can be a, t- a cup team. I feel like you're not going to win the Premier League, but you might win the League Cup. Is there, is there any kind of comparison there, do you think? don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, you there are obviously people who can do very well at European level and be, just because of the nature of their event, they, they, they may not even be in the top eight or nine at a world level. Um, and then there are others who, you know, if you're winning it in Europe, it used to be the case, for instance, in 1500 in our day, you know, if you to be the best in Europe, you pretty much have to be the best in the world. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of field events that are like that. Um, whereas... You know, for some people, uh, I think if you, I think if you're a world contender, you're an Olympic contender. You know, I, I, I think that goes without saying. Um, I don't think, 
But I, but I think it is interesting how people pick and choose where they're going to compete. You know, um, the, the, there's a lot of shifts been going on, which maybe we won't have time to get into. But but things like the world rankings are now a big factor in in athletes' lives. You know, both in terms of how they get invites to diamond leagues. Um, which is their bread and butter and, and how they're earning money. But it also now has an impact on, on, on a, it's, it's a way into a championships, Olympics or Worlds that, that wasn't there before if things haven't gone so well. So you could see athletes picking um, meets in this, in this season that's not around the championships that are purely based on them getting the right ranking points. And I see that happening. I do see that happening where people are picking and choosing where can I get a better um, uh, score uh, in the meets that are kicking around around Europe that, that allow me to improve my world ranking. Do you think things like that and having to choose how they compete and then world rankings and say what happened with UK athletics and, and the, the selection that you mentioned earlier, do you think it's making it possibly too hard for athletes to kind of compete without there being a lot of extra stress or is it just part and part of the game like you've just that's if you want to run you've got to you've got to do these things yeah you know you 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 all athletes grow up in in whatever environment is around them at the time and, and they have to learn to adapt to that um i'm not i i think it's in some respects um it's almost now a little bit like it was when I was literally first starting when I was a teenager. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of money around. And, and I think for most of the athletes now, you know, there's a lot of examples. We have all these continental tour races. And again, I don't want to get into this too much, but, um, you know, people are jumping on airplanes to go to little meets in Italy or Switzerland or wherever in order to get a performance in a world ranking point and they're paying their own way. You know, they've got to pay their own flights, they've got to pay their hotel. Yeah. If they if they do well, they maybe get a bit of prize money back. But they are they're they're backing themselves financially to go and compete at a slightly higher level or what they think might be a slightly higher level. Now that's not really sustainable, I don't think, for many athletes on it over a period of time. Um and that's a problem for the sport. You know, a lot of these meets that have continent, world continental tour status have no budget. You know, they can't, they want international athletes there and that's how they get their status as a bronze or a gold or a, a silver or a gold or even a challenger. But actually they have no way of funding this. So the athletes are the ones who are funding it. So the, there is an issue around the competition structure. Um, and I think going back to what you're asking, really, it's about... How do you use that? How do athletes, you know, I think they are doing that. I think they're thinking, how do I get the best world ranking position, for instance? Is that going to help me then get invites to better races? So how do I improve that? Um, and yes, I might have to invest in my own competition um, program for the year and, and, and go and take a chance. You know, get on a plane, go to Switzerland for a meet. And hey, if the weather's bad, then you have to find another one next week and do, do something. Do you know what I mean? It, so it's not easy. It's really not easy. I don't envy the athletes at the moment. Um, so that's something which they and their agents and their managers, uh, sorry, but probably more their coaches really have to contend with. Are some countries better than others with that, Steve? Like, is, the, is the US better funded in, in that area? Do athletes, or do athletes have to jump through the same hoops there? It's a different system. You know, we've, we've, you know, we've had lottery funding in the UK, which has been a massive benefit to all, all of our Olympic sports, including athletics. Um, but America, the collegiate system <clears throat> um, is the is the proving ground. 
And the collegiate system is very supportive, but it's also quite destructive. You know, you've got to compete a lot. But the people who come through that, and it's much better than it used to be. Um, and then in America, they then have a lot of clubs, as you know. So basically, then it's about a shoe contract. And it's can you move into the, 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 what, you know, one of the professional clubs? Um, if not, then it's a struggle for them as well. There are, and, and you know, for them getting on an airplane and come to Europe, which has been the traditional hotbed of athletics, is to, which is why sometimes we only see certain Americans and not others that you think you look on world ranking lists and go, well, that person, I haven't really heard of them, but we haven't seen them in Europe at all. And it's just because they haven't yet made that step to start doing that. So it's, yeah, we, we're getting in quite deep here into, into kind of the <laughs> yeah. of, of the competition. But it's interesting, you know, Seb Coe has been, you're talking a lot, and he has done ever since he's took office a few years back about trying to get this year-round competition structure that, that's both on television and sponsors. The problem is it's too thinly spread at the moment, and there isn't enough money to sustain that. So, But hopefully that'll change. Hopefully that'll change. Right, let's bring it back to the World Championships. Who... Who outside of GB and everything, just within the event, who are you most excited about watching race? For just is it, do you, is it is is Ingebrigtsen just absolutely going to dominate? It, what sport races are you most looking forward to? Yeah, well, I think the two names that have dominated this Diamond League season so far have been Ingebrigtsen and Faith Kipyegon, and they're both tried the fifteen hundred five thousand double. So you know, I'm 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 really looking forward to to. I think Faith's probably got a better chance. Oh, I should, no, I shouldn't say that. Jacob <laughs> would hit me if he heard me saying that. Um, you know, he 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 is an outstanding competitor. You know, he's a brilliant athlete, of course he is, but he he's an uh, incredible competitor. So I'll be really interested to see in the five thousand. He's got he's you know he's got to get through the fifteen hundred, and that's going to be tough, really high standard in the fifteen hundred. Um, but he learned from last year, and I think he's better this year, if anything. Um, and then the 5,000, you know, if it was a 3,000, he'd, he'd, I'd back him 100% every time. But there's always a chance that somebody can go hard enough. He, if he's had uh, three tough races in the 1,500, and that's what he bases his training on. He knows how strong he needs to be. Faith has moved into that world now where Faith has embraced this endurance part of her, which was always there, but she's been an out-and-out 1,500-meter runner. Um, but has now over the last 18 months been working on you know higher mileage, higher tempo, better tempo, and has really brought that as we saw you know, <laughs> um, yeah yeah it's a great effect at the longer distance as well. So so I struggle to see how you beat Faith Kipyego on. I think on the men's race though, it's a pity that Kip Limo's not there. But there's enough guys running really well this year that that could put him under enough pressure. But I'm still thinking we could see two double golds there. And what's the way to beat him, say, to make the 5,000 quick from the start? Would that be the best? I think that's the only option they have. Yeah. They've got to hurt him early. And and that's got to be a sustained pressure. And, you know, he will will hang on and hang on. Of course, he will. He's very strong. Um, But if they they turn it into a 2,000-meter race, even a 3,000-meter race, then then, um, it makes it easy for him. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Can I ask you very quickly about the distinction between being a great runner and being a great competitor? Because I think that's interesting, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that both are very important. But what do you mean by what we're we looking for when someone's a great competitor? What do, you, what do you mean? Well, I think even when he's not at his best, when he, you know, or, 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 or also, you know, he, he does the toughest type of distance running. Everybody knows what he's going to do. You know, and, and when everybody knows that, you have to have supreme confidence in your ability to go to the front, whether it's 600 out or 500 out or 400 out or whatever it is, in, you know, and, and know that I'm not going to let anyone's no one's going to get past me here. You have to go hard enough that you're putting the others under pressure, not too hard so that you've still got something left in the home straight. So he's, he has an inordinate amount of self-confidence, which, which is, can be misplaced in other people. So what I mean by that is, you know, I hear people go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, you know. Noel Lyles is very self-confident as well. You know, Noel's, Noel's come out. I don't know why he's done this, but he's gone, what has he said? He's going to run 19.1 and 9.65. I really hope he does because I'll enjoy watching him do it. Um, whereas Inga Britson just says, I'm going to win. Okay. You know, he doesn't give us, doesn't tell us the time or anything like that. Now, I, I love the fact, though, that he embraces that. I know how much you know, I've talked to him a lot over the years. Um, and probably very different to his his brothers as well. You know, he and maybe he was because he was the youngest. He he was he just sucked up all of that. Right, I'll show you. You know, uh, and and so I think when I see he's a great competitor, he he absolutely loves putting himself to the test. You know, he loves going. What what can I do here? I, I don't want the other guys to beat me, but what can I do? You know, how can I get? How can I run better? How can I you know make myself run better? I think it's the theatre he brings to it. Like, if we're going to say like runner and competitor, like runner to me is obviously someone who's just naturally talented, which obviously these guys are, and they can all show up and do the training and all that sort of stuff. But then the competitor is is you know it's the bolts, it's the people like that, it's the kind of guys who who have the as you say self confidence and the sort of the bit of <laughs> bit of razzmatazz that they can bring to the whole event, and that's that's it's great to see. 
Yeah, he thrives. Uh, you know, what I mean by compact, you know, he thrives on that environment. You know, he's there are runners who are good enough to go and run away from the field. You know, and that's great. They're brilliant athletes, great runners. But he actually thrives on on. Well, you try and come past me then. You know, you let's see what you can do. What have you got? You know, he 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 loves that. He's and 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 actually, he's almost more. He's he's more of a challenge when he's when he's not the favourite and everyone's looking at him. You know, when when there's a little bit of oh, you know, wonder if he can. Um, I mean, we're talking a lot about him here, but he's a massive draw for the sport. You know, he's he's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what you're saying about like Mo and the moment now Mo leaves and there's that void. And it's the characters that fill that void, and he's one of them, certainly. And I think if you want people to be drawn into the sport, it is these sort of these figureheads, these show people of 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 athletics that 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 will draw people in. And that's you know, if no one's ever watched a race and they sit there and they go, "Who's the guy with the slick back hair and the tattoos? Who's really fast?" You know, what I mean, like it's that's that's what draws people in. It does, you know. And you can, I mean, you probably couldn't find two more different personalities than Femke Ball. And and um, Inga Britson. However, they're both quite similar deep down. You would never think of a Femke, but she's a fierce competitor, but never shows it. You know, never. She's got. She's the sweetest, loveliest person. You know, everybody loves her on 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 the circuit. She's in, has incredible abilities. Always smiling. Is always asking about other people. Doing all of those things, which which is great. You know, but. Deep down, you know, she's she she wants to be the best. She wants to do it. So they're they're completely different. They they'll attract different people to the sport. You know, um, not everybody likes Inga Britson. Everybody likes Emke, you know. But yeah, you, you know what I mean. We need that balance. We need those different personalities. Yeah. As well as well as kind of celebrating those personalities, Steve. What what more do you think can be done in terms of getting fans engaged in the sport? Um, is it the way that we? show it on TV? Is it more storytelling, different formats? Have you got any ideas around that? Oh man, we, we, you know, we, we travel around all year doing this when we're on planes and trains and sitting in. I mean, with the, the, there are a couple of um, uh, the kind of documentary style fly on the wall, which are being done at the moment. Noah's doing one. There's one being done around the Diamond League circuit, which is, which is next, I think in the autumn leading into the Olympics next year. All of these things you know that's what other sports are doing we've done a lot around um you know the 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 thing with athletics is unlike a lot of sports you know the two-hour diamond league we've we are parading and i think this is a little bit of an issue we're parading so many people in front of you in two hours and you know um our big stars get a minute or a couple of minutes and that's it you know, you go to a golf tournament or a tennis tournament or or, or even a football match. You know, you you and, and even though a footballer might be in and out of the match, he's on your screen for ninety minutes or you know, best part a couple of hours. So, whereas um, you know, a hundred meter runner, we're going to go to the hundred meters. There's going to be a caption. There's going to be a lineup. I get ten seconds to talk about you know Fred Kirst or whoever it might be. The race goes. That takes ten seconds. Two three replays. Result caption, and that's it. And I and. And that is the nature of athletics because we've got the 400 meter hurdles coming up next or we're going to the shot put or actually the javelin's ongoing, you know. And it's, which actually suits the modern world. The modern world likes fast moving things and, and people want to see it, but it it it, it hinders our ability to, for, to draw in an audience uh, to get to know a personality or a person and get to like them. So we always laugh because the field eventers always complain that they're not, you know, they're 
And we go, no, you are on air way more if you're a good field or if you're Duplantis or you're Sam Kendricks um, uh, or you're Mahuchik in the high jump or, or, or uh, I don't know, Jazz Sawyer's in the long jump or whatever. We're going to see you five or six times, you know, and, and you're going to get a couple of minutes just you every time we see you. Um, so, yeah, so it's – the, the mechanics of it are such that it's sometimes hard to think, how do we change that? How do we, how do we draw people in a little bit more? But I, I think athletics, I think athletics gets a rough ride, not a rough ride. We've athletics has been a sport for a long, long time, which has had real equality around men and women. You know, they do the same events. They get the same prize money. You can't, you still can't say that about most sports. Some of our biggest stars are our female stars. Certainly, you know, you look in the UK, Paula Radcliffe and Jess Ennis um, and, you know, Denise Lewis or Kelly Holmes or, you know, you can reel them off. And yes, they sit with Mo Farah, and, and, but there's no kind of hierarchy that says one's better than the other. So, and we're a proper world sport in the sense that anybody can win from small countries that they don't have to have a massive system or anything. You can still be the world's best 100-meter runner if you're from, um, oh, I don't know, well, yeah, whether you're from South Africa or whether you're from the UK or, from or Trinidad or whatever it might be. And I think that's not recognized enough, and it might actually be a, a detriment to, this, to, to getting more exposure. I don't know why it shouldn't be, but it, it, and it gets ignored. It, it, you know, that, that frustrates me on behalf of the sport. I, I think it should, be, it should be applauded more for, for the yeah, platform that, yeah. it, that it has. And by the way, you don't need to be wealthy to take part in it. What, what then, Steve, as someone who's done both, what's more stressful, competing or commentating? <laughs> <laughs> competing is easy, yeah. Um, unless it's tech stuff and it gets in the way. I love commentating. You know, it, it's always the second best to, to competing, but it's a, it's a very good second best. And it's been so long now, I've almost forgotten what it was like to compete. But um, yeah, look, you know, to sit in a stadium and watch the world's best athletes and get to talk about them on a regular basis... Um, it's it's a real privilege in that sense. I've seen some fantastic stuff over the years, and hope for hopefully continue to do so. Um, you know, I, I I still love athletics, as you can probably tell. Um, there are things that frustrate me about the sport, but I still love um, actually even going to smaller meets as well that, that I'm not commentating on. Um, I can't help it. I mumble to myself probably when that's when that's not me. But yeah, no, I love it. I actually I genuinely love it. I mean, you're commentating the. It's funny, isn't it? Everyone thinks you, you have a career and then you move into the media, and particularly commentary, I think. It's not a natural, as natural a move as people think it might be. Uh, I mean, otherwise every athlete would be doing it, right? Like, I think it's... Or... Yeah, I mean, obviously there aren't that always opportunities, but even so, um, you know, a 1,500 metre runner like myself, I you know, probably didn't watch that much of the pole vault back in the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, right. So, so you, you forget how complicated our sport can be and and but as i said you also try to you know the television broadcasting has its own techniques that you have to learn and develop and not everybody's able to do that um so yeah what would, what would be your comment commentating highlight steve you had to pick one out would it be from 2012 oh do you know i was asked this on a separate thing recently um <clears throat> i think there are a whole bunch i mean 2012 was great because it was in the in a in an environment which you know, we'd all were, were, were 
I don't know, it wasn't that we dreamt of it, but it was, it was, you knew it was a once in a lifetime thing, really. And, you know, the noise, I mean, particularly Mo Farah, um, you know, with that, I mean, that first Saturday was amazing, but the, the, to be there at that time was, was very special. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've had so many great, I mean, I was asked what was the greatest thing I've witnessed. And I, I actually said Bolt in 2009. And the reason I said that was because it was, you know, when you see things that, that are genuinely jaw-dropping, I mean, some things are just exciting. And, you know, when you see something that you go, wow, I'm not, I, I might not see that again ever. Um, now, we haven't yet. We might do. But, you know, when he ran his 100 and 200 double there was, was just amazing. I, to be fair, I threw Paula in there in, in, in 2015. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I said 2015. 2003, she ran 215. Um you know, you're watching it, and that, that's a more drawn-out thing. You know, it's two, two hours where you're still suddenly going, what is going on here? You know, she is running something that, that it could be, and, you know, and it was a long time before anyone even got close to it. So when you see something in athletics that, that <clears throat> it's not quite the same as seeing the pole vault record go up by a centimetre each time. Do you know what I mean? It's, you see something, you just go, whoa. And that's that. That still gets me really excited. You know, we had a couple of them this year, to be honest. You know, Kip, Kip Yeager, um, <clears throat> um, Inga Britton's two mile. That was saying, what? Yeah. Anyway, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll see some more as well with the uh, world champs. Yeah, hopefully. I think I think we will. I think I think it'll be a good world champs. Budapest is a fabulous city. I have a lot of love for Budapest. It's a great new stadium. Uh, very fast, apparently. So yeah. I mean, and actually, that maybe that's it's a good it's a good way to sort of bring talking about fast fast tracks and development of things and and how the sport's changing because this is this is we're, we're we're retrospectively looking back forty years now, Steve, on your on your gold and that inaugural World Championships. Runners World is thirty this year, so it's a year of anniversaries. Um, Happy birthday! <laughs> how? How do you think the sports? How do you think running? How do you think the sport has changed so much? I mean, I mentioned tracks and how you know super shoes and all that sort of stuff's made a huge difference to performance. But what are the biggest things you've noticed? Do you know? What? I'd say I don't think the sport has changed that much. I think the world has changed, <laughs> as you would expect in four years. Um, you know, look to be to be a great fifteen hundred meter runner, you've still got to do all the training and the hard work. And and believe in yourself, and have a good coach, and have a good setup. I don't think I don't think Jake Whiteman has been doing anything much different to what I was doing four years ago. So I think the basics are still the same. Yes, I would love would have loved to have had more chance to go. I would have lived at altitude, but if I knew what 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 they know now, yes, it would have been nice to have all the the medical and science backup that the guys have. So you've got all these nice bonuses, and yes, of course, the shoes at the minute would be would be great fun. Um, but I think the basics are still the same. You know, the basics are the same, and and the and the athletics still is about you know who who am I quicker than you? Can I beat you? Can I throw further than you? Can I jump further than you? Um, and yes, you measured about against what's gone before. That that's always happened, but but how people. I think there's a lot more knowledge, but that happens in anything, isn't it? You know, so technique and and and. But 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 as a person, you know, could I could I be an athlete today? Yes, you know, could the athletes who are, the good athletes who are athletes today could they have done it forty years ago? Yes, 
you know, so there's there's nothing that you kind of go, oh, you know, that, that, that there's no way they would have been good back then. So, but the world is a different place. But you you've just got so many more. Um, I mean, I, and what I mean by that as well is, I think the biggest barrier, particularly in our country, perhaps to people becoming top class athletes, is just what's going on for young people in their world. You know, and there are less opportunities. I think the biggest change, the biggest issue, really is. You know, all the athletic clubs that, that, that were thriving back in my day, the opportunities to compete on a regular basis in loads of different things against pretty good people. In the North, I didn't have to leave the Northeast to be competing against very, very high level. Um, you know, even when I was 14 or 16 or 17, or, you know, I was competing against internationals on a regular basis just in the Northeast of England. You don't really have that. I don't have that depth, if you like. So, um so probably, even though I said that you could succeed, it, it, it probably is harder, not, not when you get to it, but it is harder just to get the right people involved and, and then to find out if any of them have got any ability or talent. And I'd probably say particularly in the field events. Schools just don't do, schools just don't do athletics in the way they used to. That's great. Steve, thanks so much for your, uh, for your time coming on the Runners World Podcast talking about the world championship yeah your own career and um we yeah we're hoping that it's going to be a yeah an absolute celebration and spectacular celebration of of athletics and uh we thank you again for, for coming on it's been uh, great fun and i think uh, it'll be great champs and yeah you won't miss it on the bbc by the way there's loads of uh oh, we're on bbc one for that a red lot button. Of it, so uh, that, I'm just yeah that well I, I think we're on we're on network for an awful lot as well so um yeah absolutely you, you won't miss it i player um, yeah, well, it's always available on the iPlayer, yeah, but I, I think, um, as I said, just you, you won't miss anything. And actually, the, the programme, what I mean by that, the schedule is, is very helpful as well. And unlike the championships last year, which were in the middle of the night for real athletic fans, that it's, uh, you, you can sit down all those evenings uh, from Saturday onwards and, and hopefully see some medals for Great Britain as well. Thanks, Steve. Thanks again for your time. Great to have you on. Hi, guys. Take care. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our special guest, Steve Cram, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to Free Issues of Runners World for just £5. Head to runnersworld.com slash UK slash podcast offer to get this exclusive listener offer. Um, please do subscribe to the podcast. It's very easy. Wherever you're listening to it, just find the little button that says subscribe, and then you won't miss a single episode. Thank you very much for listening, and you'll hear from us next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.